on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast, Friday night edition, burning the midnight oil here before the weekend. No days off in honor of the former Patriots coach, Bill Belichick. I watched that clip the other day, him after the Super Bowl, chanting no days off, no days off, no days off. Felt like an eternity, that clip. And we're going to talk about him. And we're going to talk about Pete Carroll. We're going to talk about his buddy, Nick Saban, all the head coaches that are looking for jobs, all the openings, how I kind of think there's a lot of organizations, owners specifically of their NFL teams, devaluing the head coaching position. And then a few that are putting extra value on it that have vacancies. And then, of course, we'll preview all the NFL games, Chiefs, Fins. That's going to be the most, uh, not fascinating, but it's going to be the most it's going to be somewhat unpredictable with the weather. You just don't know how the Chiefs are going to play to it. Obviously, they have the experience. Dolphins, hard to pick them. And we'll pick the rest of the games uh, uh, in the AFC and the NFC. Let's get to it. It is episode 127 of the podcast. Hard to believe that playoff football is here. And, of course, it's always in Kansas City. I'll never forget my first playoff game there. Got the chance to work for NBC and be up in the broadcast booth right next to Collinsworth and Al Michaels. And I was the one spotting the football, talking down to the guys in the truck, letting them know every time there was a tackle where the ball carrier was down so they could spot the football on the television screen. And I got to see the Colts, Andrew Luck's last game ever. And the snow game where it wasn't accumulating on the field, but it was pretty steady throughout the game. And got to see the Colts and the Chiefs go at it before uh, that big-time AFC Championship game between Brady and the Pats and the Chiefs, which, of course, was another great one at Arrowhead. This one here on Saturday, Peacock only. Thank goodness I got that Peacock streaming service. I actually got that on Black Friday, $1.99 a month. Got to queue up uh, Yellowstone and watch that show for the first time. Really good one. Big Kevin Costner guy. So coincidentally, I'm all good to go. I know my dad's freaking out because he has kind of adopted the Chiefs and he doesn't really you know, know how to watch the game. I said, Dad, I got you. It's all good. Here's the login credentials. We'll get you queued up 7 o'clock on Saturday. And it is going to be frigidly cold. Just unbelievably bone chilling and the dolphins unfortunately they're gonna pay the price for being a soft warm weather city small quarterback and a pile of injuries it is a disastrous time for the miami dolphins they start out hot and they got a lot of good things about their team they have not been a disaster on the field but all the things working against them that i just mentioned how the hell are they going to come out of kansas city with a w it is going to be one of the tallest tasks that we've seen as far as a playoff matchup in a long time. And Kansas City, I don't expect them to play lights out. This could be right around that 17-9 to score because it's going to be sloppy. They're not going to be able to feel their hands. There's going to be lollipop passes. But I expect the Chiefs to be in full command. They've had a defense that's played in these type of games. I think if Tua gets hard and goes down early, game over. The guy has never performed in anything 
40 degrees and below. Neither has the Dolphins franchise overall. It just speaks to how difficult it is to train a team in Miami. You have to have a first-round buy. You have to have home field advantage if you're the Dolphins franchise. You have to build your team in that way because going on the road in the AFC and places like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Baltimore, all these teams that are persistent winners, like you have to get the number one seed. So you have to build your team for the long haul. And McDaniel has done a good job with the offense. He's hidden a bad offensive line. But their team is not tough. Their pad level sucks. You can just see they have ran out of gas. And that's a big reason, I bet, why the injuries have piled up and why they're signing all these defensive linemen right before the Chiefs game. Coincidentally, former Chiefs players. So I see this being a route. I see this being a tale of the team not having enough toughness, not having enough practice, and 17 games catching up with them. And I think this will be a close score, but the scoreboard will not indicate just how much the Chiefs are ahead of them. And I got the Chiefs 17-9 to beating Miami tomorrow. You know, it's funny this week that you've had names like Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban in college, and Jim Harbaugh of college as well. Obviously, Carroll and him also have had NFL pedigrees as well as Saban. They're all either out, retiring, parting ways, might be leaving, strongly indicated that they might want to take another job. And at an all-time high, are NFL owners devaluing the head coach position. Meanwhile, there's also a few franchises that are starved for a credible head coach. This is the most fascinating hiring cycle of head coaches I've ever seen personally. In Tennessee, the owner chose the general manager over a very, very successful young head coach, Mike Rabel. Rand Carthren, you know, he definitely, it's too early to tell whether he's good at picking players, whether it's free agency, draft, what have you. But I will say this. In your initial news conference or one of your first, you talk about how it's sexy to play Golden State Warriors ball but that's not what wins championships in the NFL. I kind of have a hard time getting your analogy. I know what you're trying to say. You want a tough physical team, whereas Warriors are more, uh, you know, pizzazz and got a little more smoke and mirrors to it. But at the same time, my man, those Warriors, they want a lot of championships. So I don't know exactly what you're trying to tell me when you say that. Carthrin sounds more like a guy that I would find in a bar. He sounds like one than he does an NFL executive. And again, maybe he knows what he's doing when putting together a roster. I don't know yet. It's only been one year. Hard to tell what Tennessee has in its players. I know I don't like the quarterback. I don't. I know I don't like any of their quarterbacks. But as far as just the smell tests thus far, Carthren, as far as how he speaks, how he talks and conducts himself at the conferences, and now the owner is choosing that individual over Vrabel, that's an indication that the head coach position in the NFL, they're not really valuing it that much. The Panthers and their meddling owner in Tepper, they're not valuing it. The Commanders, they're hiring all these individuals to form a super committee and, and Rick Spielman, Adam Peters, and the Warriors 
ironically, former general manager, Jody Allen in Seattle, they are devaluing the head coaching position. They want all this collaboration to go on. When you look at the most successful dynastic franchises in the NFL, Seahawks and Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Bill Walsh and the Niners, Noel and the Steelers, they had the final say. Some of them had complete power over the organization. I'm not saying that you have to give them all the power in the world, but they do have to have the culture of the organization. Belichick's always had guys in the front office that he leaned on primarily. He had the vision of what he wanted. Seattle always went through Pete Carroll. John Schneider was a servant to Pete Carroll, though. And I think when you look at a lot of these teams that are trying to make everything more collaborative, they've never built a statue of a committee. They've only built statues of individuals. So I don't know exactly what they're hunting for. I know teams like the Falcons with their 81-year-old owner and Arthur Blank, they're looking for an individual. They're going to be in the game for Belichick. The Raiders are looking for an individual. The Chargers, who've gone down the cheap route with coordinators, guys that have never been head coaches, they're looking for an established individual. And there has never been a better time with guys like Vrabel, Carroll, Belichick, Harbaugh. They're all out there for the taking. This is the most fascinating hiring cycle I've ever seen. And I've obviously said quite a bit, Eberflus, I like him. He's gotten the defense going. He obviously knows what he's doing on that side of the ball for Chicago. But what a horrible time to be sitting out in a hiring cycle. Teams like the Chicago Bears, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, who have okay head coaches, in some cases pretty darn good head coaches. I put Mike McCarthy up there. But you're going to choose to stick with Eberflus continuity see if he can build off it further and not trust that a already established head coach could take it even further if I'm the Chicago Bears I'm not saying it's a perfect fit I'm not saying it's an absolute match but don't you have to think about giving the reins to Bill Belichick number one overall pick whether he wants Caleb Williams or Justin Fields or wants to trade back don't you want a guy who's been in the league for 50 years, who knows how to prepare a team in cold weather and knows how to play in the black and blue division. I'm not saying that you have to even interview him, but the Bears are not even considering anything else. They're not even considering, is our general manager all that good? He's built up some pretty good defensive players, but he's also traded away quite a few good ones too. Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, only to then need a pass rusher and then need another linebacker. I just, I, I don't get it with him. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to bring in somebody else or at least entertain the idea of bringing in somebody else. Obviously, I would have canned both of them. Been saying that for weeks now, for months now. And when your other teams like Philadelphia and Dallas and Jacksonville, it's a unique time where you have to look around and say, I don't hate our position, but man, I could love our position if I were to take a risk 
and interview two or three of these cats that are available. So it's not always a situation of hitting a, a slam dunk on a head coach. Sometimes you just need someone to pass the time. I look at the Raiders as a team that maybe should do that. Sign Antonio Pierce to a two-year deal. See if he's actually legit. If the Titans want to hire him and give him a five-year deal, go right ahead. The guy never coached a day in his life, I'm pretty sure, before he was the interim in Las Vegas. And I know everybody's clamoring for him to be the head coaching job because the players love him. That's great. That's awesome that the players love him. That's not what a head coach is all about. Sometimes you do have to be a little bit of a prick as a head coach. It's not about just having the players all hunky-dory. Sometimes you got to make them uncomfortable. And historically, the Raiders, they do a lot of losing. So I think they do need to get a little bit uncomfortable. And if it means passing on Pierce, I think I'm okay with that. But yeah, give him a two-year deal. See if he wants to earn his shot a little bit more. After all, it's only been like a handful of games, seven games or so. Got to see a little bit more. And I think these other teams, when you look at Sirianni, now that the salary cap is catching up with them, the draft picks catching up with them, it's pretty easy if you know how to schematically do something like he does on the offensive side. He's got a play caller that can do it. It's pretty easy to win some games in the NFL if you got starters that are on rookie deals. Think about it. Even other positions and quarterback, if you're a safety, if you're a defensive lineman, if you're a starter and playing well and kicking ass and taking names, you are outplaying your contract. It's then pretty easy to sign free agents, overpay for them, and build a football team that wins nine games or so, which they did in 2021. But now that we're seeing Jalen Hurts is going to have an expensive contract. You got A.J. Brown on one. You got some aging players in Fletcher Cox and, uh, and Brandon Graham. The cornerbacks, they're no good right now. How can the coach replenish that talent? Can he coach them up? Can he find value on the margins? I'm not seeing it with Sirianni. Things were easy last year. You had a, uh, a pretty uh, cakewalk of a schedule, and you went to the Super Bowl, and credit to you, you're not a train wreck, but I just don't know if you're a top-notch head coach. Jags, Cowboys, Eagles, Bears, you definitely got to consider pivoting given the pool of candidates that you have here in 2024. All right. As for the rest of Super Wild Card Weekend, not just Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, we're going to kick it off with Cleveland and Houston, 3.30, NBC, not Peacock. You get this, uh, America gets to see this one for free. And a lot of folks like Cleveland here. They think Houston's going to come back down to earth. I don't know about that, man. Stroud, which you heard it here first. I said in March he'd be my first pick in the draft. C.J. Stroud is playing good ball. He is playing mistake-free football. He's playing mature quarterbacking from what I see. I'm, I'm impressed every time I watch him take the field. Now, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen or anything, but this guy is absolutely dialing up and playing the game in a way where his team is not going to lose because of him. Now, are they winning because of him? I wouldn't say that necessarily, at least not in the last couple of weeks, but their season has been won because of them. And I think when you look at this Tank Dell or um, this new wide receiver on the outside that they, they had against the Colts, is I didn't even know his name until this past weekend. He, he's an absolute force. I, I really like Houston humming and beating Cleveland. 
by a touchdown. Score, I'm not quite sure yet, but I like Houston here. Buffalo-Pittsburgh, sorry. Mason Rudolph's not going into Buffalo, especially when there's snow all over the ground. Even if there's no Gabe Davis, even if there's no Taylor Rapp, Buffalo wins this one. I think it's going to be a 10-point game. They're humming right now, and the momentum is there. And this is just another case of a really average football team getting into the playoffs. Much like I said about the Eagles in 2021, the Buccaneers last year, this is just the playoffs in this you know, super wild card era. You, you get teams like Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph, and they're just not going to win. It, it, it won't happen. Dallas-Green Bay, maybe the most fascinating game of the week. Jordan Love, can he go into Dallas, Texas, beat the Cowboys, who really it's their game to lose. Jordan Love and the Packers, they weren't expected to be here. So if they were to win this, this would just be momentum for into next season because it's hard to see him going on a deep playoff run. But Dallas, if they lose this game, this is where McCarthy could lose his job. Or even if they were to win and then lose to the Niners, Jerry Jones has to be sitting up there in the box thinking, he cannot get it done against the Shanahan guy. And we keep losing to him year after year in the playoffs. That'll make you think, do I need a better game manager? Do I need a better game coach, game planner than McCarthy? He's obviously really good in the regular season, but he can't beat the guy that we always have to go up against in the playoffs. You might think that he's going to be on his way out. I think Dallas gets this done, though. I think they just have more talent, more speed. I think Green Bay can hang with them, but this will be a pull-away game, and I think this will also be about a 10, maybe two-touchdown game that gets ugly late, but it's close for the majority. And then you have Detroit and Los Angeles ending it. And I think the Rams, if they can run the football, they could definitely topple Detroit, especially if Laporta is out. That is an absolute game changer. And when you look at it, the Rams, if they were to beat the Lions, they would face the Niners. And I don't think they would get past the Niners, but if they were, it would be not inconceivable that they could go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. But, of course, that is a tall task, and, you know, the Niners are the team that everybody has to go through. But I do like the Rams here. I think I'm actually going to pick them. I think they can run the ball on them, and I don't like what I'm hearing out of Laporta. So I'm going to go with the Rams by a field goal. And then another one that's fascinating because, obviously, Hurts, he's got the hurt finger. The Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, he's not exactly healthy either. It it really is a toss-up. This is probably the biggest toss-up of them all. And I lean Philadelphia here because of the experience. I don't like Baker in this spot. I don't like Bowles in this spot, even though it's going to be a home game. I think this is where they find a game plan. Sirianni, I think he's a good game planning coach. I think he finds a way to get ugly runs, much like he did in the season last year and in 2021, where he just pounds the rock, doesn't mind playing ugly football, doesn't mind playing... That's going to do it. Super wild card weekend. Enjoy it. Cannot wait to keep tabs on all the vacancies, head coaches, going to be a lottery shaping of the NFL. We'll be back next week to preview the division and review what happens. Thanks so much for choosing the show. Tell your friends, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen, right here, the podcast. Pete Forsey, thanks so much for choosing the show.